You're listening to audio from Grace Community Church in Anger, North Carolina. More information about Grace Community Church can be found at graceccnc.org. Thank you, Pastor David, for a perfect prayer time. Um, And I do want to echo his words of appreciation to all who serve on this team and especially to David Calvert, Dr. Calvert, we give thanks. It's very few churches, there are very few churches who have as many drummers, bass players, all one, of, a month, one, one time a month, a lot of people get to serve when they would be willing to serve more. But thank you, all of you who do serve. And thank you for being here this morning. If it's your first time, we extend to you a very special welcome on this Christmas Eve. Um, I think I recognize most of you in here, um, handsome, lovely, beautiful, all of that. I recognize most of you. Um, I hope that you'll be able to return tonight for our Christmas Eve service. It's a service unlike any other throughout the whole year. You will have to realize, though, there will be more people than there are this morning. So just take that into account. I hope we pack the place out So be here tonight to worship the Lord. 4.30, we're going to have cider, hot chocolate, all kinds of good hot drinks. Um, And then at 5 o'clock, we'll go into our time of worship. I only have one announcement that I want to add uh, to what's already been said. Uh, If you did not make your intentions known last week about our elders, then this morning there is another form in your bulletin. And if you would, please... Uh, share what you think the Lord is leading us and drop it in the basket that is just outside the, um, the doors of the sanctuary to the left. Well, I wanted to start with a children's sermon. So I'm going to ask fifth grade down to come on up. Any who will, I know if you're fifth grade, it's kind of like, eh, maybe, maybe not. But come on up, everybody, if you would, come on up. I know teenagers are really wanting to be in on this, but no, you stay right where you are. You're going to come up here, and you guys find a spot, and I have some really important things to ask you and talk about this morning, and I've got some help to help me remember. So, who knows what who can remember what the theme of this morning is in our Advent services? It was, we lit the candle of love. love. That's right. That's a lot of people remembering. Can someone tell me what love is? It's a thing. It surely is. And when you're a little bit older, it'll be a thing. <laughs> yeah. What else is it? You love people. That's right. Very good. Yes, that's what love is, isn't it? You care about other people. Being generous, all these great definitions of love. Well, let me ask you a few questions. Raise your hand if you love ice cream. All right. Okay, you can raise your hands as well. How many of you love puppy dogs? How about kitty cats? Uh, Yeah, that's what I think. You know what? You know what I heard uh, recently? Puppies prepare you for children. Cats prepare you for teenagers. That's, I, think, I, I think that's right. How about this? Do you love Christmas lights? Who loves? I love Christmas lights. I love them. What about Christmas presents? <laughs> all right, we all do. Anybody know how many presents you have under the tree? A lot. Uh, Can I come to your house? So why do we love these things? We love them because we like them a lot, right? 
So if you like, you know, you might say, I like this. But if you say, I love this, that means you really like it a lot. But all of these things that we have talked about so far are good for us, right? They're good for us. So let's talk about loving other people. Someone said it's loving other people. Was that you, Claire? No, that was okay. It was Rosie. But so let me ask you this. So how many of you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend? No, I'm just kidding. You don't. <laughs> You don't raise your hand on that. How many of you would say, because some of you have multiple boyfriends or girlfriends, right? And we don't want to get, we just don't have time for that. Um, how many of you would say that your parents love you? All right. That's just about everybody. So I don't have a grandchild up here that didn't raise his hand. or that, Do I? I so here's, here's um, a question. If you love ice cream and your parents love you, then they probably let you have ice cream three meals a day. Is that correct? Yeah. <laughs> no. Why not? Because it's bad for you. It's bad for you, and they love you, right? And, and in fact, if you, if you ate Ice cream, three meals a day, every day, you'd have a really bad stomach ache, and your teeth might fall out, and you'd just be sick. It'd be, it'd be terrible, wouldn't it? So aren't you glad that your parents love you enough not to let you eat cake and ice cream at every meal? So here's another question. Do you love God? Yes. yes. Do you love God? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we all love God. The answer is yes. The Bible tells us, now think about this. We can only love God because he first loved us. It's kind of like when you were born. The first thing that you said when you came out of your mother's womb and when you were born, you didn't say, Hi, Mom. Uh, I'm, I'm glad uh, that I'm here, and I'm going to do some great things. You're going to be really proud of me. That, you don't say that, do you? I think you're going to love me, do you? You know what the first thing you said when you were born was? <laughs> like that. But your parents loved you, and they wanted to make sure that you grew up to be a man or a woman who really loves God. But we don't start off loving our parents. They start off loving us. And then we learn to love them. We don't start off loving God. But he loved us. And then we learn to, to love him. So how does God show us that he loves us? Keep going. You can keep thinking. He died on the cross for us. That's the best love, isn't it? He came to earth for us, and he didn't have to. Food. Created earth. He did. He saved us. Created us. He created us. He made us. He washed away our sins. Man, and our sins made us really dirty, didn't it? His son, his son died on the cross for us, Clara. What's that? That's a really good answer. In fact, every single answer that you guys gave was a good, good answer. He made us. He gives us people who love us in our family and in our church. He helps us to learn and to grow and to do all kinds of things. Gave us what? Oxygen. That's exactly right. What, you know, I, I, I think how important that is. People don't realize their very next breath depends on God, doesn't it? And so that's what I think about when you say oxygen. The best thing Jesus, God did for us was that he sent Jesus to die for us. One more. Trees where we get oxygen, right? That's right, right. Yes, and our hot air helps the trees. Right? Okay, so let's say John 3, 16 together, if you know it, and in fact, everybody in the congregation, let's say it all together. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's not the first time we've heard that verse today. It's a very important verse. Do you know why God sent Jesus to us? To save us. And you know why we needed to be saved? Because we had sinned. And sin is bad. It's like when you get in trouble with your parents because you told a lie or you disobeyed or you hit your brother. No, wait. Nobody here has ever hit your brother, right? Okay. Oh, it would be a Calvert and a McGuire. I think we've got, we see what's going on here. Yeah, so, so we have all sinned, haven't we? And sometimes our sins get us in trouble with our parents or others that we have hurt. But when we sin against God, don't you know that we're in big trouble then? God is so holy we can't live in his house if we're sinners. But God wasn't happy with that. He wasn't content to say, Navy, you stay outside. No, he wanted Navy to come in. And so you know what he did, Kara? He sent his son Jesus to take our punishment for us. So, Sadie, when your brother Sawyer gets in trouble, and your parents are about to punish him, do you say, wait, mom and dad, I will take his punishment for him? No, no, I, I wouldn't think so. Uh, for two reasons. One, you, you don't want to get in trouble. You're not in trouble. And two, you'd be doing that all the time, you know. If Sawyer, yeah, all the time, you'd have to say, okay, I'll take his punishment. No, but just imagine, Jesus took our punishment for us. And it's not like... The father said, you have to go to your room, and you can't go out and play, or even you get a spanking. He had to die. He had to take our sins upon himself, and he did it because he loved us. And that is an amazing kind of love, don't you think? Let's say John 3.16 again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Thank you so much for your wonderful and very interesting answers. I love doing this. And let me apologize ahead of time for tonight. We're not having a children's sermon tonight. So that's terrible, isn't it? Go home and pray for me. All right, thanks. You can go back to your seats. Thank you, Ricky. So I want us to think about three things about love before we read the Christmas story and then have testimonies. Three things that all have to do with God's love. The first one is this. Loving the lovely is no big deal, but God loving sinners enough to live and die as a human being for human beings, well, that's, you're going to have to fill in the blank. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's incomprehensible. Or as one of the guys at TVR used to say, it's like us becoming a cockroach and being mistreated for cockroaches and dying for cockroaches except that we have so much more value than cockroaches. And yet our sin was so much more offensive to God than anything that anyone could ever do to us. And yet, even while we were sinners, the Lord saved us. If I ask you to write a paragraph about how you feel about yourself, what would you write? I'm going to guess it would be to the extremes. You feel really good about yourself or you feel really bad about yourself. There's not a lot of room in the middle to occupy our thoughts and our feelings. 
And this is partially, if not mostly, due to social media and the spirit of the age, even if you don't participate in social media, where we, what we perceive about ourselves is based largely on others' perceptions of us. It's tempting to be far more concerned about my image than I am about my soul. This probably relates to a drop in conversions in our lands. How can a person be saved if he doesn't know that he's lost? Those were spectacular answers this morning. Every single one of them. You've done a good job. Children's ministry, wonderful. Parents, wonderful job you've done with your children. But how can we be saved if we don't know that we're lost? And how can we realize that we, we're lost when we're so busy maintaining an image? It's almost as if we think redemption must be pursued and achieved by what others think of us. God sees everything, though. And even if we have behaved well for years, our sin nature causes us to go astray at birth and until God changes our direction, and we are incapable of changing our direction, we are going away from God until he turns us around. And by the way, that's a great definition of repentance. To turn around. And you'll turn around when the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart. Don't be so busy. Worrying about your image that the Holy Spirit finds no room to turn you around. We are sinners. No matter how we present to others, deep down, we know. Even if we don't know or we refuse to acknowledge the depth of our sin, God knows. And the amazing thing is he sent Jesus to do something about our sin, which is a good thing because of the truth of our second point. We are incapable of meeting God where he is, so he meets us where we are. The night that the angels spoke to the shepherds, they began their speech the way they always began their speech when they were talking with humans. Don't be afraid. I'm not here to destroy you. Now, just imagine, these were the most powerful created beings who stood in the very presence of God, come to announce the birth of the Savior to the lowest of the low of humans. Shepherds were on the lowest strata of society. Even if you were the president of the United States, you would be terrified of these beings. But they said, don't be afraid. They brought good news. How good would you have to be, do you think, to earn your salvation? It's impossible for us to get to God, although if we have enough followers, enough likes, enough loves on our social media, we might think we're well on the way. God does not designate a place on the, on, on, on the, on the ladder and say, if you can just get to here, I'll bring you the rest of the way. It's never God helps those who help themselves. That, that's heresy. Don't think like that. The gospel is as good news for believers as it is for unbelievers. In fact, God will only meet us in our poverty of spirit and soul. Blessed are the poor in spirit. for They shall see God. I think I mixed up my Beatitudes. But you get the point, and that leads us to the last point. Only love could devise such a plan. We can never earn it. We can only receive it. 
The Christmas story that we'll read in just a few moments is filled with irony. And, and think about this as you interact with unbelievers. The, one of the best testimonies that you can have when you talk with unbelievers is to be certain of your beliefs about all of the irony in this situation. The king, the Messiah, the Lord, Yahweh, God was born in a stable. His parents were poor. Sinclair Ferguson speculates that, that maybe the difficult trip for Mary, 50 miles of, of rugged terrain, getting there in time for the census, maybe that trip caused her to deliver prematurely. He, the Lord was right on time, but maybe, who knows, it may have been a premature birth. Her mother wasn't there. Nobody to help. Out in the barn, over in the cave, wherever it was, Jesus was born under those circumstances. And the most powerful created beings in existence heralded Jesus' birth to the lowest of humanity. Only love could devise such a plan. We cannot earn God's love. We can only receive it. And this is good news. As good a news for saints as it is for sinners. At some point, as the Lord was sanctifying you, as he was helping you to grow spiritually, at some point, you thought, I got this. And then he reminded you, don't got this. And we need him as much now as we did then. And if you believe that love came down, then he came down for you. Let's read the Christmas story together. Luke 2, verses 1 through 14. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus. That all the world should be registered. This was the first res registration when Quirinius was governor. Just happened to be governor of Syria. Just happened to be, the Lord said, get to Bethlehem. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, Jude to Judea, to the city of David which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, a direct descendant of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, shepherds, by the way, were not trusted. Their testimony was not admissible in court. People judged them before they knew anything about their character. If you're a shepherd, oh, I know about you. And yet God said, these are the ones, angels going. Do you suppose maybe the angel said, are you sure about <laughs> shepherds? Is, uh, this is a group we want to announce. And God said, yes. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were filled with great fear. 
And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, so he's king, a savior who is the Messiah, Christ, the Lord. He's God. And this will be a sign for you. You will see a crown placed upon his head. He'll be, no. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel. And so they're like, is this a vision? Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. <coughs> Peace among those with whom he is pleased. And in case you're wondering, God is pleased with those who humble themselves and believe. So it's time to hear from you. Uh, we can get out really early, or we can stay a little longer. It's Christmas Eve morning. We started at 10 o'clock, so we can take the time we need to this morning. So, again, as I always say, it's it's hard to do do the first one, but somebody's got to start us off. Who would like to share how this love has changed your life? And I'm just going to start telling stories if you, uh, you know... If nobody says anything. And by the way, I would love to hear from teenagers. I realize the possibility of that happening is slim, but I would love to hear. Well, I'm Lori Kaler. And my oh, a teenager, our first teenager. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> I'm Lori Kaler, and my other half's not with me today. Today is a big day for us. Um, As a matter of fact, he and Paul Dijinsky are in Charlotte watching the Green Bay Packers and the Panthers play. (laughs) But what makes it a great day was that this was the first day that he's going to be the longest away from me, and we didn't even talk about what my plan was going to be for the day or anything. It was just normal. Of course, that's weird in our family, but normal is. But everything, our lives change September 16th. But with all of that, it's quite a story. But with all of that, I cannot help but to thank our large, small group for your prayers, your support, your love, and for the intercessory prayers of those in the church, the elders, everybody was constantly in contact because it wasn't just prayer for me. It was prayer for my husband. It was prayer for my daughter who was up for 30 hours with me, not knowing from... 10 minutes to 10 minutes, what was going to happen. It was for my other daughter in Charlotte, struggling in a business and keeping it going, her and her husband keeping the business going, and she couldn't fly out, and she had to trust God. And, and the same for her husband, too. And for my daughter that stayed, with, stayed up with for 30 hours, Leah, her husband had charge of all the kids, not knowing what was going on. And the culminating point was I lost half of my blood. It was gone. I mean, they checked all GI. They even looked in my ears, my nose, my gums, and it was gone. Well, we have something special for today. Um, Our doctor had let us know that the medication um, that was for the healing of the hole in my heart was the medication that was killing me. 
And what it did was, and I wasn't going to be on it for a long time. I was, it was like the risk assessment. Every time doctors came in, they discussed the risk assessment. But they didn't understand what all was going on. But um, we found out that even though this medication helped me from having small strokes and TIAs, praise the Lord for that, and the hole in my heart, I didn't know I had till I was 67 years old. We praise the Lord for that. Got it all fixed. That it was destroying my iron at the cellular level. And, um, and we, Pastor knows the whole story. But I want to tell you, if the Lord calls you to pray, as he did for a lot of you, and I think some of you didn't even know who to pray for, what to pray about, or anything like that. Please be obedient. Because he is real. Your faith is truth. And we just want to thank um, all of you for that. We still have issues. But it is okay. Because God, he is my sh the Lord is my shield, Psalms 3 3. The lifter of my head. I no longer look at Psalms 23 as a hymn, as um, a song of comfort or health, help or hope or fear or of the unknown. I look at Psalms 23 today as my worship, as God's absolute promise and covenant to us. Yea, though he walk through, yea, though he walk with me through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me. I am telling you today, that is truth. And I praise the Lord for it. And um, I just, many of you know the rest of the story. But I really want to thank you. And my blood is going up. My iron is slowly going up. And, but uh, my brain is still a little bit quirky. Because what they found out was it starved my bone marrow, but it also starved parts of my brain. So we don't know what the end results will be, but we praise the Lord. And Mark and I are having a good sense of humor. And when things get tough, he and Paul go out and do something. <laughs> but praise be to God. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Two things. One, that's such a good word. Uh, if the Lord calls you to pray, pray. That's how he does things. That's how it works. Even for those that are lost, even if you're a strong, strong, strong Calvinist, he's calling you to pray for that person. That's how he does it. So do that. So number two, quirky brain, you're in the right place. I can just say that. Who's next? My name's Scott, uh, Scott Colbreth. Um, the very thing that I was thinking about uh, giving witness to, you know, what I've, what I've been seeing in the past year goes hand in hand um, with what Laurie said. <laughs> with what Laurie said. I've seen the truth that Christ dwells within us, that he lives within us, that the power of the Holy Spirit inside of our empty shells when we have died to ourselves and lived to him. I've seen the truth of that over and over and over in our life, in others' lives, and we see it again, crushing. Uh, crushing 
things come against us. Our shells shatter. And we know that God is real. We know that Jesus has come. We know that he has lived and dwelled in our hearts, just like he said. And we know that the power of the Holy Spirit is, is real. Because when that shell breaks, I've seen Jesus just come out in other people's lives. I mean, listen to that story. And we just see Jesus flowing right out of Lord. It's a good word indeed if you feel led to pray. Pray, even though you don't know what about. A testimony, a, a witnessing of the truth that's in Scripture that he has created a church founded on the confession that Jesus is the Messiah. How Brad's talking about ironies. How ironic that... The lowliest, not just the lowliest of the low, like we, I hear it saying, you know, like, oh, I'm just so low and poor in spirit. No, the lowliest part of society. And when he was pointing that out, how, how much through all the strata of society has he gone over the years to the top echelons of our world and everywhere in between, he's, he's saved it all. And we have seen um, the same in our, in our lives. We've been crushed by news, crushed by events. And when I want to give up, when I want to say I'm, I'm too crushed to even get out of bed, I see something happening within me. I see Jesus flowing out of me. Even when I'm not excited about it, even when I'm not on board with it, I hear Scripture coming out of me to other people to encourage them when I don't want to even receive any encouragement, not even from the Lord. Um, I see my wife, Keisha, anxious and overly worried about so many things and in, in just kind of outside. Um, you know, over daily things, but when the hard things come, I see Christ flowing from the, from the brokenness, and it gives testimony to the truth that he is real, that he has come, um, and I could go on and on, but that's the word of testimony I want to give today. What I have seen what I'm giving witness to today is over and over and over again through the years, and especially this year, we've seen in our lives, we've seen in others' lives, hard things that, that just beat us down. And yet, the Holy Spirit is within us. And it's almost like we're, we can't do anything about Him coming out. Even if we were to try to pull him back in, that's not how he operates. His people that he stings, that he may even crush, he's doing so for a reason, just like grapes being trampled and um, the wine flowing. Praise the Lord, it's not the wine of Scott Colbreth. That's, that wouldn't be very, you know, tasty. Um, praise the Lord, it's the wine of Jesus, his blood that covers our sin, that speaks to the world the truth of the gospel every time that we hurt. He flows out of us in ways that we don't even know. I've seen people around me just wonder and marvel, how do you encourage me? And I'm like, I don't know. All I know is Christ is in me, and I'm shattered, and I'm... I, I see him flow to you. I'm not trying. It just is him doing it. And I praise the Lord uh, for that. And I encourage you that if you find yourself not really excited, it's okay. Um, it's okay to live in joy 
and live in sadness to live in strength and live in brokenness at the same time. God's bigger than how we feel about it at the moment. Praise the Lord for that. Wow. What a sermon. Thank you. Um, I, I, I just thought of another wonderful irony. God crushes us um, through difficulty, circumstances. And oddly enough, even our own weaknesses, our own struggles, our own sins, our sins don't glorify God. That's not the point. But our sin reminds us that our only hope is in him. And he crushes us. And the wine of Christ flows. How is that? It's mysterious, isn't it? It's not mystical. But it is mysterious. And I hope that you embrace the mystery all day long. I, I know it's may, on the calendar, December 24th, in church in the morning, in church in the evening. That feels like a lot. But what a great time to contemplate the mystery of the incarnation and the beauty of God's work in our lives in the ways that we have heard so far this morning. Christ in us, the hope of glory, spilling out to bless others. Someone else. Our last elders and deacons meeting, um, we had dinner over at Brad's house. Uh, one of my brother's best friends had uh, hit a deer on a motorcycle, and uh, uh, the men of this church prayed over him. Um, he was unconscious and unresponsive. But, you know, listening to the power of prayer this morning, um, the believers and non-believers, um, which he was a non-believer. Um, you know, that that Wednesday, we, we prayed over him, his family. And uh, the next day, we were me and my brother were going to uh, get his, his motorcycle. It was down in Ramsor. Um, and I just, I got out and was praying for him. And, you know, just saying, God, even, even with him unconscious, just come to him. Let him know who you are. And I just got this kind of peace over me that even in his unconscious state that God found him. He found God. And, you know, that he is, he's with him today. So just the power of prayer just kind of got to me this morning. Amen. We, we talked about that that night, how... You, you hear the stories about people who are unconscious and then they'll tell you everything that was said in the room when they come back to if, and they've also, many of these people have heard the gospel, so don't quit praying and don't give up hope. In fact, even if you're by the bedside of someone who is unconscious and is never coming to, going to come to, give them the gospel. Give them the gospel. Jim McLaughlin has a powerful testimony. Uh, about one who was unconscious and Jim shared the gospel. And even though he didn't wake up, a tear rolled down his eye. You don't know. It's good news <laughs> that we're celebrating this day. It's good news. Thank you, Jason. Hi, I'm Julia Eberly. Um, two weeks ago, I would have stood, um, but I can't, so I'm going to sit. Um, so last week was the third time this year that I was in the emergency room. Each time is really scary. <laughs> But praise the Lord that I was able to walk out 
to the emergency room. You can't. It's scary not really knowing what's going on with you. And so I have a greater uh, ability to sympathize with those who have autoimmune diseases <laughs> and things that can't be seen from the outside. Because I look normal, but I'm not. But I wanted to thank everyone who has prayed for us and has taken care of us so well in the last year. Uh, and also the power of prayer um, is that... At one point in time last week, I was just terrified that I would um, go to the ER and they would say, your body is rejecting your baby and we're going to do a C-section. So praise the Lord. I still have seven weeks to go. <laughs> so she better stay in there for a little while. Um, so, um, in addition to the health that has been uh, a challenge, it's, um, refined Rylan and I that we, uh, really have no control <laughs> in life <laughs> and just to depend on the Lord um, day by day because um, we don't know what each day holds anymore. And um, as we go into parenthood, uh, we certainly won't know what we're doing. So um, just learning to depend on him and his strength and his love has been um, a, a great comfort during this time of um, uncertainty. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to share that. And thanks for praying for us and for taking care of us. Amen. Far better to figure that out, that you don't know what you're doing now than 12 to 14 years from now. And we are praying for Chloe to get here safely uh, and for you to stay safe. In the meantime, I was... In over my head with the children talking about childbirth. So I'm glad you sort of bailed me out there, Julia. Thank you. Or you joined me in that, uh, in that place. Thank you. We're praying for you. And I, aren't you glad we get to do that? That we, we get the privilege of play, praying for one another? And I'm glad that we're here all together on this Sunday morning. That not in two services that we can know one another this way. Someone else. Um, just wanted to. Uh, this has been a, kind of an interesting, interesting year uh, for me. Uh, Many of y'all know that uh, different, just like several others in the body, um, just have been through different medical issues this year. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Julia said something that um, just really resonated with me, and that is depending on God for the unknown. Um, you know, and Brad, you said it earlier, every breath that we have uh, comes from Jesus Christ and is a gift from Jesus Christ. And <laughs> this year, um, I just have had a lot of time to reflect on those who are not with us. Um, Jim Acock, um, Max Tudor. And thinking about 
many others that have not been with us uh, that in my family that we've lost. But in, the, in thinking about the grief, the thing that the Lord has brought my attention to is thinking about their testimony and their faith in Christ. And so instead of it being a a time of, it is a time of sorrow, but instead of ending and staying in my sorrow, God showed me their incredible faith in Christ. Incredible faith in Christ. As I think about uh, these folks and just their testimony, the way they love the Lord and the way that their love for Christ pour out from their hearts, and you could see it very evident in their lives. And made me think about and pray, Lord, help my testimony reflect who you are, reflect your goodness. And it also made me think about, you know, I grew up in a Baptist church, <laughs> grew up in a Baptist church where, um, and nothing wrong with the Baptist church, but I grew up with my understanding of my testimony and my faith in Christ that I found Christ. But honestly, as I grew in my faith, and especially as God placed me in the body of Grace Community Church, I came to know that my relationship with Christ was not I found Christ, but Christ found me. That Christ found me. And that he cares enough for me and loves me enough that he doesn't leave me in my sin. He doesn't leave me in my sin, but he lovingly, as Brad said earlier today to the children, points it out because he loves us, because he doesn't want us to stay in it. He wants us to grow and wants us to glorify him, to obey him, not just for his glory, but for the benefit of us. And so I just, I think that, I'm thankful that Christ does not lead us, leave us there, that he loves us. And uh, I just think this this body of Christ that he's placed my family here and also thank my wife and my daughter who have had to trust the Lord a lot with um, trusting me in his hands uh, many times this year so thank you thank you Josh same thing Jason was saying about the Lord two more All right, so teenager talking. Um, <laughs> and and mm, not one I would have expected. I, go yes, for it, Oliver. Yeah. So I'd like to say that um, just on the topic of fear, it's something that I guess takes it. It's something taken for granted sometimes. Fear is something that will make something the happiest moment of your life, the worst moment of your life. It, it. It takes your hopes, your dreams, everything, and just crushes it and spits it out. But I like to say that with God, with God, it, it you become a better person. You become a new, transformed person. I like to say an upgrade of yourself. And the best part about it is that God, it, well, sorry, the best part about it is that you don't get to take the credit for it. God takes the credit for it. And I honestly think that I tend to have fear. I tend to have anxiety. But with God, um, I'd say that it transforms me. It makes me a better man and a better person. So thank you. I'm not one for this at all. <laughs> Which is what makes it so amazing. Thank you. Oliver, It really, that is a teenage version of what Scott said. And not that one is better than the other. It's just exactly where we are in life. Um, and I, I don't say this enough. I'll try to remember it when the students get back. Those of you who were young, we need your passion. You need our wisdom. Your passion gets out of control sometimes. Our wisdom is held by people who are reminded that they're not as smart as they think they are. The Lord does that for us. But that's a really good word, Oliver. Thank you so much for sharing that. And we're glad to have... The Stevens here. We're so happy the Lord brought you to us, all of you. One last one. 
closing note, uh, I'm Jim McLaughlin, one of the elders here. As I hear the testimonies this morning, I w I've been thinking for a long time about the difficulties that have been suffered by folks mm -hmm. in the body. And each time that happens, of course, we, we all pray. But I have been amazed at the, at the faith of those who have suffered, who've gone through the difficulties. And I could name them, starting with the Calvert family, obviously, uh, with the children having all kinds of medical issues, and yet they still serve well. Uh, we could go on and on. But what it's done for me is it's shown me the importance of ministry and prayer. We pray for each other, and we become stronger as a group. And God becomes more real, even when you're 77 years old. So Jim is doing what <clears throat> Jim McLaughlin, I mean, uh, Jim Acock, Charlotte Arthur, Jack Lucas, all praising the Lord in heaven with Max Tudor. It's very difficult to finish well. Most people don't. And the seniors among us deserve our honor and our encouragement and they need our prayers and they're probably praying for us more than anybody we need each other God designed us this way and we are blessed and don't ever take for granted the fact that the age span is what it is here at Grace we are blessed we're just like God designed for the church to be. But we're only going to ever be the church he wants us to be. As we yield to him. As we remember that we're not worthy of this love. We can't earn it. We only receive it. And when we do receive what the Lord has done for us. And we allow ourselves to be crushed. And yet not discarded. We point to Jesus. That's why he came. He came for the cross. We're called to die daily. To take up our crosses. To die daily. Our Father. <clears throat> wow. Wow. This year, you have encouraged us. You have instructed us. And in some cases, I'm sure you've left us in a better place, which is not up. It's down toward humility. Thank you for Every single testimony that was shared this morning and for every testimony that is in the heart of every believer in this room that was not shared but is very poignant and meaningful and part of our story as a community. But our story is your story. May we always remember that. And when we are crushed, may the wine the Spirit of God and Jesus flow from us according to your plan, dear Father. Bring us back tonight with hearts full of expectation and minds and spirits that are amazed at the incarnation that you would become one of us. We love you. Make us more like Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Would you stand together, please? Thank you for listening to audio from Grace Community Church, located in North Carolina. Feel free to make copies of this audio content to share with others. But please do not charge for those copies 
or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Grace Community Church, go to graceccnc.org.